What's going on, guys? Michael here, Energy360 Network by Intercom. Excited to bring you this new interview. Before I get into it, what it's about, I just want to talk to you about subscribing to the 360 Digital Bell Closing Podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. You can also subscribe to the Digital Closing Bell at www.oilandgas360.com. It's the best way to stay up to date on all of your energy finances. We just posted uh, yesterday a Energy a Week Ahead podcast for, the, for oil. It's a great podcast. Me and Stu dive into a lot of stuff. And now this interview. It's a great interview by Stuart Turley, who's the director and publisher of Oil and Gas 360, and James Yaki of Landox. Really, they're going to get into a lot of cool stuff. I don't want to spoil it too much, so I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Stu right now. James, the oil industry is not really interested in changing very much. And um, you had a definition of... Uh, uh, what kind of departments? There's four different groups of landmen, right? Well, that's right. Yeah, the um, <clears throat> I, I think, uh, and I would agree with you that that this is an industry, Stu, that has um, historically been slow to change and um, some parts of their business, while at the same time, um, you know, from an exploration and development and and production standpoint really the industry does some space age things and uh so it is really a very innovative creative industry uh, but there are parts of the industry that um have been slow to adapt to the new business environment um at land docks we're really focused on um, helping transform uh the land effort within the upstream oil and gas industry and uh and that's right, we, we do think about, you know, a lot of people think about the land team or the land department as this monolithic organization, but in, in our experience and in our mind, it's really four different subgroups that are bundled together under one team. And what are those groups? So there's, there's uh, one group which is called land, and uh, that's the, the, the landmen, uh, who also today, uh, thankfully, also include women. Um, but that is the kind of prototypical or stereotypical uh, uh, person who uh, works with uh, really important uh, land and royalty owners, cuts uh, important deals. Um, Plays a lot of golf plays some golf sometimes, and at least the stereotypical one does, and maybe drink some whiskey too. So there's the land group, um, then there's land administration, and this is really the, the, the data team, the records team. This is the group that's responsible for actually detailing um, the important rights and obligations um, of, the, of the EMP's land position. And, and you know, when you zoom out and you think about what role land plays in the EMP industry, um, I heard a I heard a quote recently from uh, uh, from Mark Rowland who who said that one of uh, Aubrey McClendon's favorite phrases was "If you don't have the lease, you don't get the grease." And so, really, you know, when you zoom out and you look at the balance sheet of any EMP company in this country, the single biggest asset is the leasehold acreage. That is the single most valuable asset that the EMP has. Without it, they don't have a company. Without it, they can't claim reserves. Without it, they have nothing to drill and, and exploit and market. And so land is really, really important. It is the core asset of the ENP. And, uh, and here at Landox, we're really focused on, on helping that part of the industry 
um, transform itself digitally. But getting back to these four groups, you've got the land, uh, the land men, you've got land administration, that's the, the, the keeper of the real important, some of the real important details of that leasehold acreage on the E&P's balance sheet. Um, then there's a group called division order, which is really responsible for keeping track of who has what economic interest in any well that gets drilled and starts producing. Um, and then, then another group called owner relations, and that's kind of the frontline customer service for dealing with um, uh, particularly royalty owners as, as uh, minerals and royalties change hands, making sure that that's documented and, and calculated, um, uh, but also dealing with you know, some basic customer service issues that might come up. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, and, and folks, I mean, the, uh, the oil field business has been absolutely ingrained and in not wanting to automate. And when you take a look at the history, it, they've never wanted to. Uh, and so the, the legacy software has been a real problem as well, too, hasn't it? We think that's right. We think that, um, you know, again, uh, today we've reached a point where actually from the top down, the, the CEOs are really mandating to their, to their organization, uh, they're, they're mandating digital transformation um, throughout the organization, including in land, which is fantastic. And so, you know, leaders and executives in the land teams, um, they, they want to change the way their team operates. They want to be more efficient uh, and effective. The, the problem the industry has right now is that really they're kind of, they've become subservient to the legacy software that um, has kind of dominated this corner of the industry for the past 25 to 30 years. Yep. And so, um, you know, that is slowing down and preventing change that, that really even some of the, the largest, uh, largest company execs out there, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, we were uh, talking with the, uh, the head of digital transformation for the land team at one of the largest publicly traded oil and gas companies in the world. And, uh, you know, I asked him, you know, wh where did this mandate come from? You know, this is a new role, a new job. You got promoted into it. But, but who, who came up with this idea? Why is this important to the organization? He said, oh, that's a really simple answer, the CEO. So this was a company that was involved in a, in a very large, very high profile M&A transaction last year. And when the CEO looked to his land team to say, okay, when we go buy this other company and we take our land position in the Permian and we overlay it with the, the acquired company's land position in the Permian, what does that look like? And his own team couldn't give him an answer. Again, not because they're not bright, talented people. It's because the software they're using was designed in and for a very different era in terms of business analytics. He said, this has got to change. And, and he mandated from the top down, from corporate headquarters, we're going we're gonna to change the way we run our land group. And so that initiative's underway. They're, they're about uh, 12 months into it, which is very exciting. But that's happening across, across the board from our perspective right now. It's, it's a good time to be in our business. Isn't that great? Um, yeah. What a cool story, though. I mean, and it kind of just backfills and and really uh, validates everything that we've talked about so far. Uh, the legacy software is a hang up, especially uh, when you consider all these old business systems have been there. Uh, For sure. 
and and so uh, Landox is really an online uh, or cloud-based system. So with being a cloud-based system, you were talking about if you upgrade to this new system uh, during a virus um, problem and trying to work from home, that's where Land Landox really helps out. Well, that's right. So um, because we're cloud-based, because everything we do is, is powered by platforms like Amazon Web Services, um, you know, not only, not only are we browser-based, but we're, but we're, um, we're using the, the most progressive technology uh, that means that our clients are always accessing and always able to access every part of their LAN portfolio in LANDOCs from an iPad, from a laptop, uh, from, you know, we, we've had clients who've worked on deals in the Bakken at, uh, you know, at, at, uh, the, at a bar stool in North Dakota, uh, cutting a deal on an iPad with, with uh, one of their um, fellow working interest owners and using their Landocs account on that iPad to, to talk about the specific leases and, and, and show maps. So, you know, from day one, Landoc, since we started the company five years ago, we've built in a very modern architecture. And, and you know, what the industry and, and what the economy is going through right now in the U.S. with this work from home mandate, it's just, it's just underscoring how important that kind of just basic modern technology is in every part of the oil and gas company today. And, you know, the sad part is that as, a, as a, all these companies mandate that their teams, uh, you know, work from home and try to get, stay productive dur during this period, um, a lot of them can't get in and log in to, to their land system. And so they're flying completely blind as they try to get business done working from home in this, in this period. Uh, it's, uh, James, everything you just said has been validated by uh, a lot of different companies that I've been talking to uh, and interviewing. Uh, this is a whole new paradigm shift. They're not used to uh, not having everybody at the office. And uh, the poor IT staffs around the oil field industry uh, are going bonkers trying to get everybody at home and uh, able to work. Uh, yes. That's just frightening. Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. we're, you know, I got a text message over the weekend, Stu, from one of our customers who told me, uh, we, you know, we we met we went work from home um, at the end of last week and we have our land team hasn't skipped a beat because we're we're powered by land docs and and so it's as simple as getting on our internet connection pulling up a browser and logging into our account um, all their documents all their data all their reports all their maps they're all right there they're able to collaborate as a team real time um, they haven't skipped a beat because it's what they would do if they were in the office. And there's one of the things that I noticed on one of your testimonies as well is that you uh, you're, you're uh, integrated into um, CRMs as well, so that really helps with the data minute, uh, data tracking and people tracking, right? Well, that's right. I, I think in a lot of ways, what we do is kind of like a specialized CRM for, for this part of the industry. Um, but we have we have some really neat off-the-shelf integrations um, with. Uh, with other software companies um, in, in other verticals that um, kind of make, you know, make one plus one equal three on behalf of our mutual customers. So, for instance, we have, uh, for a couple of years now, we've had a really cool off-the-shelf integration between Landox and Inveris Drilling Info. 
And so if you're, if you're a customer of both companies, um, you can sync your drilling info account with your Landocs account. And now you can pull up a map that has uh, the proprietary wow. details of your own land position that never see the light of day. And you can build maps around that. And then with a click of a button, add um, uh, map layers that you already license and pay for from drilling info right on top of your proprietary data. So it gives our customers 360 degree situational awareness to see their asset and all the competitive activity and leasing and permitting and rig running that's happening right around their own asset in real time without having to get an IT team involved. You know what, James, that is just out of the stinking park. I mean, integration in with the Inverus and what you just described is just cool. So, Thank you. Uh, I, I, I mean, if you're sitting there and they're using uh, land docs and you can, you are already paying for it. Um, I'm sold. Sorry. Yeah, yeah it's a force uh, multiply. <laughs> let me sign up right now because that is some strong language right there. Well, I'll get uh, our sales team on the line. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, you know, when you sit back, Inveris is one of the best companies out there. And when you talk about, um, We've interviewed uh, several of their folks, and uh, they're just uh, outstanding with their purchase of Rystat and everything else. They they are running down the road fast. Um, you know your um, what are some of your goals, and uh, what are some of the things coming right around the corner, James? Yeah. So uh, very immediately, um, you know what. What, what's about to happen with Landocs is we're, we're about to go from um, having kind of built our platform with the support and input from dozens of um, privately held and private equity backed EMPs and mineral funds and non-op working interest groups. That's been kind of the, the core customer base that we started with Stu. We, because of some of these other trends that we talked about, these digital transformation mandates that are reaching down into the land teams at, at the publics, right. um, we've, we've received a lot of interest over the last 12 to 18 months from some of the largest publicly traded E&P companies in the world who, who are really at, at the end of their rope with uh, the legacy software that's, um, that they've been working with for decades and isn't, they find it's not getting better fast enough. <clears throat> And so where Landox is about to go is we're going to break into this enterprise market in the upstream space. Um, and we're really excited about that. So we've got a bunch of neat new features that will roll out in support of that um, later this year. Um, and, you know, watch the headlines because you'll see some neat, neat new uh, customers announced. Um, and we've got some really cool plans for what we want to do over the next 18 months uh, in the upstream market. Um, but the other thing that's pretty cool is that we see a lot of opportunity in other end markets uh, that have very analogous land management needs to what we've been able to solve for within the upstream space. And so, you know, one of the most obvious ones is the midstream space. So if you think about the pipeline uh, network, uh, throughout this country, um, almost every one of those pipes crosses somebody else's land. So, you know, Kinder Morgan doesn't own the land and Enterprise doesn't own the land and Energy Transfer doesn't own the land that their pipes sit on. So these midstream companies 
um, have a very similar need uh, to manage a, a thousands and tens of thousands of uniquely negotiated contracts, easements and right-of-way agreements and surface use agreements with landowners that have rights uh, that you know give the midstream company rights, but also give them obligations that they need to make and payments they need to make. Um, and so the same software that we provide to the upstream oil and gas industry is starting to see some real, you know, get some real interest from the midstream companies too, who are even more woefully underserved by legacy software. Oh man, that is fantastic. Um, and everything you just described is absolutely true about the new pipelines that are coming in and uh, the new demand for, uh, we know that the Permian is well under uh, uh, the takeaway, but all of that's changing. But the pipelines, if you're putting in new new lines, you always need uh, to know who owns the land. So, For sure. um, well, you know, James, uh, this time has been very beneficial and uh, I truly enjoyed our, our conversation. Uh, you got any last thoughts here for us? Well, let's see, Stu. Um, I really appreciate what you're doing with, with your uh, energy expert network idea. I think it's fantastic that you're bringing uh, a bunch of different perspectives from the front lines of, uh, of the operations and, and innovators um, and, and, and distributing it to, to your large audience. So I really appreciate what you're doing. Um, your support means a lot to us. So, you know, I'll, I'll definitely leave you with that thought. Oh my goodness, I'll pay you later, James. That was out of the park.